0: Welcome to the My Buddy Green podcast. I'm Jason Wachab, founder and co CEO of My Buddy Green, and your host. Sreena Poon is a celebrity chef, certified nutritionist, and Reiki master who's made it her mission to promote further education around the mindful combination of food, nutrition, and healing intuition through her unique culinary alchemy programs. She is also part of our landmark functional nutrition coaching program here at My Buddy Green. For those not familiar with our Functional Nutrition Coaching Program, it is a life-changing course where you can learn all things nutrition from the all-stars of functional medicine and wellness. And you can even learn how to expand your business and become a functional nutrition coach. I love this course. I swear by it. I wish I had it on my journey. So we created it. So go to mindbodygreen.com slash Podcast and enter code Podcast to get $200 off. That's mindbodygreen.com slash Podcast and enter code Podcast to get $200 off. Now, we welcome Serena. Serena, welcome.
1: Hi, Jason, thank you so much for having me.
0: So great to finally have you on the show and there's so many things we love about you and find fascinating. And we have to start with your journey, because it is unique. So let's start there. Walk us through your journey and your background, because it's incredibly unique.
1: Okay, yeah. No, that sounds good. And thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really so excited. I just love you guys so much and everything Mind Body Green is so special and it's just so profoundly healing on so many levels. And so just so grateful to you guys and thank you. Oh, thank you. So my journey actually started when I was still in college. So I was at Berkeley. I studied some nutrition because I loved it. But I mean, technically, my journey with the love of food even started even before that, because that's always been really central to our family and to our home and something that my daddy and I bonded over. So when I was a senior in college, my dad, our dad got sick, and he was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. So what had happened was It was, he had hepatitis B. His grandpa had actually died of the same thing years before. So he'd been monitoring it as an adult his whole life. And somehow, between two six month checkups, he went from fine to stage four. And that is looking back, that's really where my journey began because here we were with this diagnosis totally couldn't even process it our parents told us okay he dad's got five maybe five and a half years I was thinking oh my god I have to graduate college get an amazing job like get married and have a baby in five and a half years when in reality they added on like four and a half years when his diagnosis was much more serious than that so during that time He obviously he had chemo, he had radiation, but he was also drinking these Chinese teas that are like my parents, friends basically like smuggled in from Hong Kong and China first. And so he was doing Eastern medicine and Western medicine at the same time to try and heal himself. And at the same time, it was making him sick. And so I found myself really diving into like plants and herbs and like other holistic ways we could like offset his symptoms, just even his nausea and he has such a hard time eating. So that's really where I think my really deep dive into food as medicine and that kind of fascination with what's the other, what are the other ways? What are the other alternatives? Like how can we help him? That's sort of where it began was just to try and help my dad. And then he was with us for a little over a year about a year and three months, and then he passed. And two months after he passed, our mom was diagnosed with cancer. She had a super rare form of ovarian cancer, which from the time where she went into surgery and she had to have it removed, she had a total hysterectomy at like 45. Our daddy was 48 when he passed. Our mom was 45 when she got it. And they kind of dated from like they can tell from the growth of the tumor when it first started. And it was when our dad was, his, was at his sickest. So mom went through chemo, radiation, she did the T's and she had this total hysterectomy and went through that right after my dad passed. And so that just, from when my dad passed and I was like, okay, all that matters is the health and happiness of the people I love. Like, that's all I care about. I will do whatever it takes. But in saying that, I was also like saying I will sacrifice myself at all costs in order to make sure that the people I love are healthy and happy. Not realizing that that's not healthy and that's not self-care and that's not taking care of your body. It took me some time. So our mom, when she went into remission and I, it was sort of like the grieving process for me began, I realized that I wanted to go and do something different. I wanted to first live out my dad's dream of retiring and like having a restaurant one day with my mom, just like a little mom and pop type place, like nothing crazy fancy. And and I also wanted to really study food as medicine because now both my parents had cancer. So I ended up going to La Cordon Bleu. I decided to go to culinary school to really understand the culinary arts, but to also really create food that was that was you know, beautiful and food that tasted really good because what my parents had to eat, according to the doctors, like this very bland list of very basic foods that was so hard for them to take in already. Like you're not feeling well, your taste, your taste buds are altered because of the medication, the process. But here you're eating just like boiled meat or like whatever it was that that the doctors told us was what they could have. And I thought there had to be another way. Like there has to be a way to make really like healing foods taste really amazing and feel like you're receiving a gift when you get it. So it has to be beautiful too. So I went to culinary school and I was studying nutrition in college, continued to study nutrition when I was in culinary school and kind of went outside the box because that was what I was already exposed to just from my culture being Chinese and my parents doing the tea and the medicine that way and all kinds of weird stuff in these teas and then also just exploring to figure out what else I could find for my parents so when I was in culinary school this is sort of when you're just I mean I say to the cordon bleu it's tough like it was straight French cuisine it's meats and cheeses and creams and stuff that's totally not healthy at all but the technique is there so you're learning your techniques it's like studying your basics and in Were you gonna ask me something?
0: Well, I'm saying it's like it's a big deal It's like the Harvard of French culinary schools. It's not just like you're doing this as a side hobby like that's a serious business
1: oh, yeah, I mean and it was really it was pretty hard. It was hardcore and Going into especially then before before going to culinary school and being a chef was like really cool I went when it wasn't super cool and my family kind of freaked out. They thought, okay, you're supposed to be the first attorney in the family. That was like what you promised your dad on his on his deathbed. Like you would go out and do this and use your Berkeley education for that. Or if you didn't, you could still be a doctor or a dentist or like, I don't know, an astronaut, like something. Because when I told my mom and the rest of my family I was going to go to culinary school, they thought I was having like a mid-20s crisis and just lost my mind. What do you mean to go to therapy? But it was really what I wanted to do. I just really felt that there was there was there was a deeper purpose in what I was looking for and that he, this is where I was gonna find it. So went to culinary school. It was really hard. I probably weighed like 98 pounds, 100 pounds going in. And you really had to pull your weight in the kitchen. So I'm carrying stock pots full of water that probably weigh more than I do. And it's just about earning that respect in the kitchen. And when I, when in the last quarter, they take the top five students. And they take them to do an estage at the Beverly Hills Hotel. So this is when they did like the night before party, the night before the Oscars, back when they were still doing that at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And when I went there and I did that, and we were, we also did a bunch of banquets that weekend before too, and just watching us churn out food and every, it's like 500 plates in 15 minutes. And it was all gorgeous and delicious. And then when I walk this party, I just felt like a magic, like an energy there, a vibration. And I thought, okay, this is kind of what I want to do. This is not the restaurant. This is sort of a different space. And there was a moment when I was doing shrimp scampi and I looked up and it was Harrison Ford, who was Indiana Jones, like my hero of heroes. I thought I was going to be an archeologist until I was about seven or eight years old because of Indiana Jones. And it was just so magical to be able to connect this love that I was putting into the food in front of me and to look up and to see someone who had been a hero my whole life. And I thought, this is what I wanna do. These are the people that I want to, this is the client I wanna build. And so when the opportunity came to apply for an internship, I chose the Playboy Mansion because I thought this would probably be a good place to start if I'm working in the home of Hugh Hefner and the people that I would meet. So, so that's what brought me to the Playboy Mansion. And I'm sure you have tons of questions about that. <laughs> well, yeah, where do
0: we, it, it's the path that everyone takes in wellness. They go to Le Cordon Bleu, they go to Berkeley, Le Cordon Bleu, and then the Playboy Mansion. There wasn't, so yes, you have to talk about that experience.
1: Well, I mean, you, this is the funny thing is that it totally made sense to me because at the Playboy Mansion, first you have Hugh Hefner and I think, at the t- Right when I started, he still had about seven or eight girlfriends that lived with him. And What so- year was
0: this? Could you give us a sense of time? How long ago this was?
1: Oh, gosh. This was so long ago. This totally dates me. It was at least 20 years ago, I think. Okay. 20, or around, not quite, maybe like 19, 20 years ago. So, and I think, well, you could probably like Wikipedia when the last time he had eight girlfriends was, that would be the year. So, so with... It made sense to me because he was Hugh Hefner. So everything and anything that we needed from anywhere in the world, we were we could order it and it'd be FedExed and there within 24 to 36 hours. And we had access to the absolute best products all over the world. And I wanted to work with the best. I wanted to have access to the best because if you know how something tastes at its best, you know how to mimic it with any other Level quality of ingredient with any other types of flavors. So I wanted to do that And it was also really different than working in a restaurant because (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes
1: (laughs) Not just like the background and the environment but just the flexibility that they have with the menu creation so clearly they're very flexible people there and and a lot goes on and you can, it was really about create, if you were going to make a burger, it, you, you had, you could do it a hundred times until you made the perfect burger, because that was the standard. It wasn't about food costs. I wasn't a junior chef that was just peeling potatoes and chopping carrots and giving it to the, to the head chef to create the dish. We got a chance as interns. And as junior chef to create the meals, we were able to do everything head to toe that you would do in a restaurant, but you'd have to put in three, four, five years into it. So I was able to do that from the start.
0: Wow. So without spending the whole episode in the Playboy Mansion, I, I have one question. because what People know about the Playboy Mansion, too, In the heydays. Like everyone, it was a different era. And so many people walked in and out of that place, like men, women, celebrities, athletes, you, you name it. It was just like a center of people, of creative creative culture in Los Angeles. So I'm curious, who's the most interesting person you met there?
1: Oh, wow. OK, that would be... It's kind of a tough question because there's so or, mo- or
0: most health forward so like, like for example you would read I, I, I'd always heard that like Bill Maher used to spend a lot of time there and Bill Maher is like a total health nut so I'm curious
1: he was, of- there, he was there a lot I would say one of the people that really made an impression on me was Serena Williams so have you ever met Serena Williams
0: I have not but I know people who know her and are very fond of her.
1: She's amazing, but her presence. So I was following, I was walking behind her with like a pan that was supposed to go onto the buffet line. And she is, she's just like another category of human. She is just her physique, just everything. I mean, she really made such an impression on me. But at the same time, her energy, is so different. Her she's so beautiful and she's so kind and it was just one of those it was just one of those examples where Sometimes just taking a moment and spending time and spending a moment just interacting with someone, it completely changes what your impression is of someone, especially if you see them on TV. So it was a great lesson for me because I ended up working for a lot of people that came through. It was that, again, it was that introduction for me into a space where there were a lot of high profile people and celebrities. And so once you're working with them in their homes, it's very different. People have indoor, outdoor personality, so to speak, and they have what you see on TV, and so you can't really, you know, what you see on TV and who you make Google is going to be often very different than who who's in the kitchen with you, and so that was kind of a great lesson for me.
0: So you mentioned... Serena having great energy. And so where I go next is, you know, what everyone does, they do a stint at the Playboy Mansion and then they become a certified Reiki master in terms of <laughs> energy, which is what you did. So let's talk about also becoming between Le Cordon Bleu and like and your expertise in nutrition. We have to talk about you're also a certified Reiki master. So how did that happen?
1: Yeah, so it's such a funny. I know people always go, "How did how did you go from here to here?" Well, it really was actually a very organic, natural progression of my journey. Because when I talked about when my daddy was sick and I kind of made this commitment to take care of everyone that I love, but I left myself out of that commitment initially and I left out that self-care, what was happening through the course of the years and through Playboy Nutrition and all that was that I was sacrificing my own health. I was sacrificing sleep and taking care of myself and my needs because I was so concerned about, you know, my mom was she was in remission, but you're not quite in remission until you're at like six, seven years out and just worried about everyone. And so I ended up developing some health issues of my own. And I had some, I, some tissue, bad tissue that had to be removed in me in my chest. And when I went in to go have this surgery, I came out of it having MRSA. I had MRSA after having an operation. And so that became my own journey. For nearly like eight years, eight, almost eight and a half years, I ended up having eight surgeries to get rid of this MRSA that was sort of buried deep inside me in my chest. And that's really that journey. And and I actually almost died after two of those surgeries. One of them was kind of really crazy. But that journey is what led me to spirituality and led me to understanding that there was another pillar in health that I wasn't, that I hadn't pulled into the whole mix yet. So here I was fitness, exercising, doing all the right things, clearly eating all the right things, eating all the right things from different plant-based, I wasn't always plant-based, I evolved into being plant-based, but you know, doing Chinese herbs and medicines and Ayurvedic and doing all the right things nutritionally, but not creating that space within my spiritual body and my energetic body to really tie it all in together. So, So that's when spirituality uh, really kind of organically became part of my own journey and my own healing process. So after my fourth surgery, and that was the one where I nearly died, I developed a massive hematoma and nearly bled out in my apartment 10, 12 days post-op. We could probably save that for another podcast, but unless you wanted to ask about it, but that was... Yeah, what was that?
0: Yeah, that's what happened.
1: That was... I was super intense. And so what had happened was I had, because I had so many surgeries to remove like the damaged tissue and the MRSA that was continuing to affect the tissue in my body and it kind of eats away at it. So they had, every time they had a surgery, they had to cut out that tissue and it got to a point where they had to graft in, you know, tissue. So after my fourth surgery, one of the stitches from the grafting tore a muscle and tore muscle basically like my shoulder muscle and uh, that ended up being an internal bleed that turned into something super serious and uh, and I almost bled out and died that day but I have angels and I have some incredible clients that have a lot of influence and they were able to save me that day and got me into a trauma center on a Saturday and called in like the director at Cedars, the medical director at Cedars and he basically saved my life but from that point, I wasn't able to use the left side of my body, the upper left side of my body, my left arm, any of that for about six months. Wow. And as a chef, I had to figure out how am I going to make a living? How am I going to how am I going to care for my clients? Like what am I going to do? This is I'm a chef. I need my hands. And it was through this journey of working with this healer, she's a master healer. And she's really, and I'll segue into how that brought me into Reiki. But I started talking to her during my healing process. I kind of, I was talking to her before, but not real, not consistently. It would be like when you call a therapist on a 911 call, I and mean, you're having a terrible moment, and you call them. I was doing that with her until this happened with me with the surgery, and I thought, okay, I eat all the right foods, I exercise, I move, I do these things. I'm trying to, I'm dipping into meditation, but not really figuring it out. I, there's gotta be something else. So I committed to speaking with her every three to four weeks, no matter what, during my healing journey. And that's when I realized I could open up this whole other branch of my business. I had all this nutrition knowledge that I was putting into my food and into working with clients, but not as programs. So while I was healing, I decided to do that. And and I continued to talk to her until after about eight months She said, listen, I think you're ready. And at this point, I had not met this woman. I had only talked to her on the phone. She was a referral from one of my best friends whose family worked with her in person in New Mexico. So she said, I think you're ready. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, I think you're ready to come out here, fly out here, stay with me, and I want to teach you everything that I know. Because she was like 70. She felt like she was ready for ascension and she wanted to have apprentices basically to that she could teach and like pass on her clients to so of course when she said this to me and I still have you know some self-worth issues from all of this that had happened with the surgeries I'm thinking there's no way you're this master healer I'm your client I can't do that and after it took about four months I ended up going out there stayed with her in Santa Fe and she was so cute. I flew into Albuquerque. She came and picked me up in one of those big cars, like I don't know, the Oldsmobile, like those giant cars. And, and we, she drove me out to her home in Santa Fe and I stayed with her for the weekend. And she basically taught me everything that she did energetically. So all the sessions that she does for people distally or she does in person, all the energy clearing, she taught me everything that she did. It was like super intense for the whole weekend, and but it was her way. It was Noelle's way. It wasn't. It didn't have a title. It wasn't pranic healing. It wasn't Reiki. It wasn't. It was just what she had learned to do, and what she had been called to do. Because she basically left her own life twenty years before. She was married in Tennessee with a husband and, and kids. She felt called one day. Some like the angels. Someone told her she needed to move to New Mexico and do this for work, for the rest of her life here, and she did that. And has it has been this incredible healer. So when I came back from that trip, I realized I needed some structure. And I I had to put what she taught me into kind of like I needed some like an outline, some structure. And I looked at Reiki. And so Reiki was what helped me put everything that noel taught me plus everything that is reiki into a process that i could really connect to and i learned to apply that to the food and the nutrition and just the other aspects of my practice so i'm sorry that's like a super a really long story about the journey but that's really kind of how it happened it sounds so weird and random like i went from chef to reiki but it was actually for me a very natural progression of my journey it was very organic
0: well, I love that you share that. I think it hits on a couple important points. So one, I'll take it back to nutrition. And there's just so much we've learned and yet we're still getting it so wrong. As a society, as a culture, America is not really getting healthier. And if you think of nutrition, there's you know, so many of us know what to do, but we still make the wrong choices. And we also know That some people say food is energy. Energy is is food. And so, look, to take it back, we're my buddy green. It's all connected. And I love your approach because so many people have the resources, the knowledge when it comes to food, but yet they still struggle. And so, where I'm going is in your practice, what does that look like when someone comes to you? So one, I'm curious, you, know, you work with a lot of high-profile clients, a lot of celebrities. And like, What do people come to you for? And what can they expect? And how do you look at a person as not just a physical person who is yeah. maybe looking to dial in on their, their diet, but as a, a spiritual being? So how do you approach this whole complex system known as humans <laughs> or spiritual <laughs> being how do you approach this
1: well i mean i think that's why that's why i developed i created culinary alchemy this the practice that i have because i i I can't say that I always just saw humans as energies. I, I absolutely do now. Like I look at someone, I just look at them as an energy and we're all energy. People have accessories, but you know, that's kind of how I look at people. When someone comes to me and they want to work with me and they want to work with my method, they want to do culinary alchemy. What I'm doing is I, first we, we look at your physiological body You know, we look at your physical body, what's going on inside of you. And that's when, you know, I have people run all different tests and labs, which incredibly enough now is so easily available and accessible. Years ago, it was hard to get a doctor, especially an allopathic doctor, to run a micronutrient panel or something that measures your inflammatory markers. That was really challenging to do. Now it's really easy. But, you know, I look at that to see what's going on inside of inside your physical body. I always take an assessment of who that person is, like energetically speaking, and I'll do Reiki just to see in terms of their chakra centers, like where they are, what's blocked and everything is connected. That's what a lot of people don't understand is that your your chakras and they're obviously more than seven. There's like 12, 14 and on and on. But we'll work with just the basic seven.
0: More than seven. (laughs)
1: There's so many, you got to get steady. There's so, but that's the thing. We I try to make it really simple. That's why I'm like, just think about the colors of the rainbow when you're thinking about the chakras just to stay in alignment with what you put into your body. But every one of those energy centers actually aligns with the physical region of that body. And if you break down the nutrients of the foods that go in that are in alignment with those energy centers. So if we talk about, let's say, we're talking about the heart and that's like, go ahead.
0: So so I, I love where you're going. And so how about this? I love where you're going. So we'll just stick with the seven chakras. Seven, we'll just stick okay. with the seven. So can you walk us through the seven and then walk us through what's going on and accompany, accompanying foods we should possibly enjoy or avoid? Can we do that? We love the chakras yeah. here
1: okay okay yeah, we'll do that for sure. So I have this little chart which people listening won't be able to see but it's it's basically all the seven chakras, the colors that they're connected to and then the physical areas of their body obviously your emotional, your emotional and spiritual body and like what? how that connects, what that affects. So if you start with your root chakra, right? That's your first chakra, that is the color red. It's located at the base of your spine. It's your tailbone, it represents your security, right? It represents whether or not you feel grounded or ungrounded, and so it's kind of like your power center. And that's where I really say, like, you want to reach for root vegetables when we're talking about either your root chakra or your sacral, because these are foods that connect, they're coming from the earth. So they have that kind of magical energy from the earth and they really ground you their, their root Foods, and so what's nice is that these foods, and I'm just gonna go go through my chart here. There, a lot of them are they're mineral rich. So they, mineral rich foods obviously help kind of ground you. They are immune Im- immune enhancing and boosting foods. There's also proteins. I'm plant based, but proteins also fall into the same category. Do you really wanna go through all seven? Cause it might be yeah, us a do, minute.
0: We'll just do it quick. So uh, just for a little backstory for everyone. So if you're listening and you're thinking, you know, this is a lot out there, a little new agey. So I'll tell you my personal experience. So part of my story is my excruciating back pain, extruded discs, L4, L5, S1. So when this was going on, I was not doing well financially, was totally insecure. And so, and I remember, stumbling upon chakras and this was like this is early before this is like inspiration for my buddy green and reading about the root chakra i'm like oh my god this is me this is my back like i'm totally insecure i'm not grounded right now my finances are a mess i'm like oh my god this makes sense <laughs> and so i was a change man in terms of understanding the importance of the the chakra system and so it's one of those things for me it makes a lot of sense but just o- open your mind everyone listening with that perspective so i'll just let you briefly touch on the other we'll stick to the seven, the other six.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll just go through them quickly. But yeah, I mean, you just want to kind of open your mind because once you dive into the type of foods and the and the nutrition and the vitamins and nutrients in these types of foods, you'll realize that they do support those areas of the body. So we have the sacral, which is obviously like our re- reproductive organs, our adrenals, our bladder, our, our kidneys, our large intestines. And so what I said about root and sacral, a lot of them kind of cross over and that's the color orange. And so that helps with just helps with flow. It helps with, it helps with, obviously there's vitamins and minerals that you need to help with reproduction. It helps and water goes there too. And actually some seafood, which is kind of interesting, but that's part of the list. Nuts and seeds. These are all things that are very supportive for our Ovaries, our testes, our reproductive systems. It's good for our creativity, our emotions, and our relationships. It's good for fat storage. So, that's all great for the sacral. The third chakra is your solar plexus. It's represented by the color yellow, it's between your navel and your sternum. And that is really about confidence intuition, wisdom, personal power, leadership, all of that. And we, and that affects our nervous system. So it kind of makes sense that if you're not, if your nervous system, your stomach, all of that is feeling like you're feeling queasy, you're not feeling centered there in that chakra, then it affects your confidence. It can affect your intuition. Your, it can affect your self-esteem. So we have foods that are strong in grains, legumes, yellow foods. Soluble fibers are the solar plexus. With the fourth chakra, that's the heart chakra that's represented by the color green. And so this is a great example of how green leafy vegetables, microgreens, all these phytonutrients and sprouts, they're so good for our heart chakra, but it's also good physiologically because these greens are helpful for our cardiometabolic system. It's great for circulation, it's great for oxygen, it's great for breathing. And then we go into our throat chakra, which is obviously our voice, our authenticity, being able to speak our truth. That's in alignment with our throat, our thyroid, obviously our mouth, ears, all of that, all this region. And so usually what you have for your throat chakra are liquids. So you can have juices, fruits, sauces, even seep like seaweed, kelp, all of that, soups, teas. And what's interesting is seaweed and kelp is really good for our throat chakra, but they're also, it's also really high in iodine, which is great for our thyroid. So I could actually, I do, I'm creating something where Every single chakra is almost like its own course to really break down each item and why the nutrients feed and support that region of the body. So we're breezing through right now. And then with the third eye, obviously, it's like sleep, your thought processing, your intuition, visualization, your mood, all of that. So mood modulating type of foods, um, spices blue-purple type foods, and then sometimes caffeine, chocolate, cocoa, cacao, those are all great things for the third eye. And then for the crown, we know that's our connection to our higher selves, our soul connection, purpose, that has to do with our like light sensitivity, receptivity, or electromagnetic fields. And so oftentimes for that, you're either fasting and detoxing, but you obviously have to have zero toxin, like foods that have no toxins in it. So that's why fasting is one of the things you do if you really want to enlighten your crown chakra. But like biophotonic type foods. So, so that's real quick run through over the seven chakras. Because otherwise I'm burning all this time. And we talk so much about Playboy and other things.
0: <laughs> no, that's, I love it. I very much yeah. appreciate your quick primer on the chakra system.
1: But so what's great is that what's interesting is that even someone who doesn't get it, And I'll be honest, a lot of my clients aren't really sure, but they're intrigued when they first get started. Once we break down, you know, once I take a look at the nutrients in your body and what's going on with your bot, your different organ systems, like where your pain points are, and then I combine it with let's what your lifestyle is, who you are, and we do an energetic read. For me, I it like I see it because it's almost like this big giant map, and then I see okay, these are the foods that you need to eat to support this issue, to clear out this issue, and I create these lists for clients, and and they just and it's more about where to eat from instead of what not to eat. It's just like, this is these are the lists that you choose from when you put it together. So when you're asking about celebrities or high profile people and what people come to me for, it's it all varies. We're in LA, a lot of people have surgery. So I do a lot of pre-op, post-op type of preparation for the body and to prepare the body for that and to heal. So, because I went through so many surgeries myself, I really know how to help the tissue heal. So that's one of the things. But especially if someone is, in front of the camera, you have to think about how this person spends all day being a different person. And then when they get off of work, they go home and they're either a mom or dad, wife, a partner, and they're another person. They're themselves. And so having kind of navigating that type of profession, but that really, if you can kind of apply it to all different professions, because your office self and your home self, like that can get very confusing for our energetic energetic bodies and sometimes you just eat certain foods and you feel better it can actually support those energy centers which sounds so wacky until you try it and then you realize wow i had a banana and it really helped this not just because it was giving it was kind of empowering my solar plex but also because of the potassium levels were helping out this part of my body
0: so i think it's fascinating and i'm curious Look, we're in a unique time right now with COVID. I'm curious what are you seeing in this time? Are there some patterns or you're seeing more of something or less of something in the time of COVID, which is a period of unrest for it's difficult, especially in LA. It is not easy being in LA right now.
1: Oh yeah. No, I mean, I would say the repeat pattern this year obviously it would be fear and immunity. Are the two people that things the two things people come to me the most for? But really getting everyone into a space where we're connecting grounding foods with let's say meditation and mindset type of practices because most people are extremely ungrounded, they're extremely stressed and overwhelmed, and they can't get themselves to ground and stop spinning. And so Giving them a tangible, like like a type of food to eat, a list of foods to choose from when they're feeling ungrounded, when they're feeling anxious or stressed, actually really, it gives them something tangible to work with. And then they can kind of get into that space and use that process in a meditative way. And so when I'm talking about culinary alchemy and the energy that not just comes from the food into your body, but the energy that you're putting into the food. To put back into your body or put into the bodies of the people that you love it's not only empowering from a mindset standpoint but you literally infuse the food that you eat and the food that you give to your loved ones that way and there's a difference i mean we talk about love as a secret ingredient so often right it's almost like cliche but if you think about what love is an energy it's an intention it's something that you feel viscerally through your body if you're thinking about someone or something that you love and when you're putting that kind of intention and that charge into what you're putting back into your body, like whether it's through food or drink or in some sort of beverage, anything that you're putting back in your body, you're actually charging up your system that way. And if you're doing it with a specific type of food, you're charging up that, that region of your body that way. And you're charging up that energy center. So you're doing multiple things in a very simple way. You're just not aware of it. But once you become aware of it, it's like a tool.
0: So for those who, who know you, you share this, you, you had COVID came out the other side what worked for you in that healing process
1: so we had COVID at the very beginning right so my sister we had gone to a charity event at the very end of February so my sister got sick that first week of March, so LA hadn't even shut down yet. We hadn't become entirely apocalyptic yet, <laughs> like we did in the very beginning. I got sick about two and a half weeks after, and was sick for several weeks because there just things were closed down, and we. I think we had, if there are different strains, I think we had a pretty tough one in the very beginning. And so, what worked for me was really sticking to. I have these immune boosting. I actually share it everywhere online, but just a moon boosting foods and supplements that I have, I do pretty regularly anyway, especially like when I travel or if I go to events, because when you're at events or conferences, you're amped up even higher. And so it's everything from silver and aloe and apple cider vinegar and chlorophyll in these shots that I make that I blend with all the different super greens and we have just said water, which is something that I have every day, but that's a blend of all these different super greens. And I've got camu camu and I've got beets and literally like a list of like, you know, eight different things that I blend in with the aloe and the silver and the, and the apple cider vinegar and the chlorophyll. And I do that every single day. And I did that during COVID. So until we got to a point where we really felt our immunities kicking in, I toned down on anything that was immune stimulating. So that's where you really have to be mindful of with COVID is that people were talking about elderberries and the different things that were causing these cytokine storms. It's because all the things that we're doing to boost our immune system, they're good to make sure your immune system is activated and not sleepy in, when it needs to get to work. But once it's working for you and once it's fighting, it's important to tone that down. So We did all these things, all these different supplements, everything from from large powder to astragalus. We obviously did like fresh turmeric and ginger shots every day. And if you don't have it fresh, get it powdered. We did astragalus. I think I already mentioned that. We did olive leaf, golden seal. I mean, so many different types of herbs that are all, you don't have to do all of them, but just they all function in a way to really help support your immune system. We made sure we had that green juice every day that I talk about. And we did do the Just Said Water. We did a time tea that was really good for your respiratory. And that was such a savior because, like I said, everything was closed down. I hadn't bought an oxygen concentrator yet. My sister was having some serious respiratory issues. And so the combination of nettle and quercetin, so just nettle tea, didn't either you can get it from like cherries or you can get it supplemental supplementally and that thyme tea like just using fresh thyme with a little bit of citrus like lemon and and some manuka honey towards the end of it that really helped open up her respiratory system so much like like nothing else did. Wow. Yeah, it was like that was that something so simple, but it helped her so much. And I have that, like all of that is on like something simple to do. So we did that. But, you know, we also did, we had access to thymocene alpha-1 as a peptide. So we did that more towards the tail end of recovering. We did NAD also. That was also more towards the tail end of recovering. And those are both, if you have access to them, really helpful. We nebulized. So, I nebulize, we nebulized glutathione with some magnesium and some NAC. So, and there's different things that you can nebulize. And that was all very helpful, especially since respiratory for us was, for me, more of an ongoing issue for her when she was acutely sick. But those are all, those are, and me, I, at my house, I have access to so many things. We've got a PMF mat that we use every day. I now have a hyperbaric chamber, but LED lights, like all these things that kind of, help strengthen your immune system we did we did regularly
0: it's it's interesting personally what i and who knows i still don't know if i had covid or didn't have covid i'm convinced maybe i had it early on and never knew i don't have the antibodies but at any rate what do i take i take quercetin i take astrologus i take high dose vitamin c some vitamin d but what's everything you mentioned is i love it
1: Yeah. And I actually, I left out all the majors. Obviously we did vitamin C. We actually did really high dose. So like eight to eight to to 10,000
0: grams. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um,
1: That was in the, in kind of in that two week window when you're really sick. And then not before, not after.
0: I've heard people have a lot of success with high dose vitamin C who've, who've suffered from COVID. So in, in closing, You're part Mm -hmm. of our Functional Nutrition Coaching Program, which we are so excited about. And can you just fill in our audience about why the program and what you do in the program? And and we'll close there.
1: Yes, yes. I, I am so excited about this program and so honored to be a part of it. And. For those of you who haven't yet checked it out, it's just, I'm just giving you all my tips and tools from what I've learned throughout the course of my journey to take your interest and your love and health. And if you've taken obviously the functional nutrition program, you can go out and be a coach. You can do it on the side. You can teach other people, but it's using all the tools that you already have to create your own business, whether it's just Again, something that you want to transition to and create into your own brand or something you're just doing kind of on the side until you're ready to kind of make that big leap. You can be a massage therapist. You can be a dentist. You can literally be in any type of profession, but the tools I teach you are taking what you already have and creating this brand that's based on wellness because there's such a strong need for more people to go out and teach other people how they can live optimally and live a better life. And I know I gave you some really great uh, mindset tools that I've learned. And you got, you got a taste of part of my journey, which is like eight surgeries and Nearly dying, having to figure out how do I maintain my business? How do I make a living if I'm a chef and I can't use my left arm? And so what I learned in that time period, that's some of the tips that I share in this module, because even though I wasn't able to use that left side of my body for six months, I ended up creating this whole branch of my business that I I ended up making. I think I tripled my income before the end of that year, even though I wasn't able to use one of the biggest tools I needed as a chef. And that's just using the research that I have and going through these mindset practices and learning how to market yourself and learning. And there's so many free tools and learning what to do with social media and these different platforms, but from a really authentic place and how that can really transform your business and your brand into To me, what the most important thing out of all of this is being a vehicle of service to other people. And I would say that has been that's been my greatest asset in my whole life. My whole journey is that at the end of the day, everything that I'm doing out of a deep love for service and wanting to help other people. And so when you do that, like everything just comes in what you what you need to help you. know those tools come in and then you basically you're just taking those tools and you're passing them on to someone else and it just keeps coming in and so i share a lot of those tips um and tools and just what i've learned in my journey and in my process in that module
0: amen well we love that you're part of the program serena we love everything you do and we'll leave a link in the show notes for everyone so you could check out the coaching program but thank you so much again for all that you do we love you thank you serena thank you
1: Love you guys.